0: Welcome to Necro Nathan Presents Satanist Sanctum, a horror movie podcast where we will explore some of the greatest, coolest, most bizarre, and most vile horror movies ever created. Welcome horror freaks. This is Necro Nathan presents Satanus Sanctum. Thank you for joining us for this our third episode where we will be discussing Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho Uncut. I am joined this evening as always by the Witch of Midway.
1: Hello horror freaks. How are y'all doing tonight?
0: And tonight's special guest from the Horror Movie Warriors podcast, the host of the Horror Movie Warriors podcast, Latrice. Hello, horror freaks. How y'all doing out there?
2: Y'all warriors.
0: Yeah, <laughs> definitely. It's going to be it's gonna be a really fun one, I think. I think so, too. Um, we just, uh, Witch of Midway and I just re-watched uh, Psycho Uncut really good. Um, we're going to get right into it. Um, we'll start with Ms. Latrice For the first question uh, What was your overall take Or mini-review of Psycho
2: Now, you know To be quite honest I didn't like Psycho at first I've seen Psycho many times I actually saw it when I was younger When I was uh, I had to be about maybe 9, 10 or 11 I was actually oh, wow. at my cousin's lumber party Yeah, at my cousin's slumber party And they had uh, they had Psycho, Footloose, and there was a movie, another movie that we saw.
0: All horror uh, movies, of suffer, course.
2: <laughs> but I know we saw Psycho and Footloose. Uh, Psycho, I did not like <laughs> because because it was a slow burn. And if if you guys listen to my podcast enough, you will know that I do not like slow burn movies. <laughs> <laughs> But, but
0: what's your take it, now?
2: It, did, it, it has grown on me over the years. Yeah. I can't say I can't say that I i gung ho for it. I can't say that I really like it. I can't say that. But I can say that it has grown on me over the years. I um I appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. It is a it is a masterpiece. It, it you know uh in terms of being a horror film from back in the 50s.
0: Sixty, yeah, mm-hmm. 1960,
2: yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is a masterpiece in horror.
3: Yeah.
2: That, a lot of that had to do with Alfred Hitchcock.
3: Oh, yeah. He was
2: a master of horror because he, you know, the way that he cut his movies, the way that he scared us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what makes it a masterpiece.
0: Well and yeah, and we'll get into it more as we go, but also, you know, we can't forget the all of the many, many probably even dozens upon dozens of horror movies that were directly inspired by this movie. Oh yeah,
2: for sure. Oh yeah. You know. A lot of them were. And of course we have to give it up for Jamie Lee's
0: mother. Jamie yeah, Lee. Janet Lee. We we have yeah, to give definitely.
2: It up for her.
0: She was a good actress. She was. Yeah, as Marion Crane. She does a really good job of uh, acting with her face, which her daughter, Jamie Lee, um, happens to be very good at, too, later on. uh, Actually, 19 years later in John Carpenter's Halloween, um, or actually, sorry, 18 years later in John Carpenter's Halloween. Um, both really good emoting with their faces and their eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say my overall take, I mean, it's definitely, you know, it's more of suspense and thrills. Um, and then has pings of horror uh, with the the kills and everything. What's interesting about this movie is it's, you know, basically our first slasher um, and the model on which John Carpenter, cre- you know, essentially reinvented or reinvigorated the slasher in 1978 with Halloween. Mm-hmm. But it's really Psycho that you know, aside from the fact that it's not a teen drama, um, it is a slasher, um, and provided the groundwork for you know such seminal works as John Carpenter's Halloween, right. and yeah, and all yeah, right. the others that followed. Right. So. And
2: John Carpenter, um, he actually considers uh, Jimmy Lee Curtis being at Halloween uh, kind of like a, like a homage.
0: Yeah, an homage to mm-hmm. her mother. That's beautiful. Definitely, yeah, yeah I can being definitely see of. that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, what
0: would you say Which a Midway What is your Overall take
1: So I am Really really big Into old black and white Horror movies um, Yeah I love Like the original yeah. House on Haunted Hill Um Those kinds of movies Uh The ones that Like It's not You don't get to see The kills straight out But it You yeah. get to use Your imagination Yeah
2: uh, The use your imagination Yep
1: yeah. Which is great It's wonderful Um I honestly i saw bits and pieces of this movie before but this was my first time like fully watching it yeah so certainly
0: with the uncut
1: yeah so i might have a different view than you guys because i have a very fresh view on it yeah so to speak but i thought it was fun i loved it um one of my first things i said in the credits was i really like this music like yeah. the music was and great. we are going to we get more get into, into the
0: music for sure.
1: But yeah. I think it's yeah. a movie that still holds up to today. Yeah. Like it's still great and fun to watch even today. It's not like hokey or no.
0: anything. And like, the acting is great. It's yeah. Re- the script is solid. Like we'll get more into the dialogue later but just like all the, the dialogue but especially Norman Bates in the parlor um, with Marion Crane, and then The Psychiatrist at the end. Those two soliloquies are phenomenal writing.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Brilliant writing. I don't know if they were pulled directly from the book that the movie was based on or what, but um, whoever wrote those words, amazing, and they were performed expertly. And I would then, love
1: for us to do like in the future, more old black and white
2: horror movies.
0: Because yeah. this
1: is like Yeah, this is good stuff. Yeah. More people
2: need to watch this.
0: Well, what's cool?
2: For myself, on uh, Horror Movie Warriors, I have done uh, two Black and White, I think. Yeah, because I I have done Psycho. Uh, I
0: have discussed Psycho on my
2: uh, Horror Movie
1: Warriors. Yeah. And I did The Bad
2: Seed. Oh, I love that one. the 1950s version. Yep.
0: Well, and what's interesting with Psycho is that um, prior to Psycho, John Carpenter had made, or not John Carpenter, Alfred Hitchcock had made uh, two other of his classics, uh, Rear Window and Vertigo, prior to Psycho, um, but they were in color. And I think he, he did Psycho in black and white for the sheer creepiness and spookiness that it brings.
2: Yeah, I think he did the birds... Did he do the
0: birds after Psycho? After. Yeah, after Psycho. After, okay. But okay. Uh, but both Vertigo and Rear Window were uh, prior to that, and they were still in color, so this wasn't out of necessity. It was it was out of uh, desire to make it scarier, spookier, I think, um, similar to right. what Tom Six did more recently with Human Centipede 2, making it black and white. Um. I, I, the reason I actually mention this is because uh, we watched Psycho Uncut on in 4K. Mm-hmm, um, beautiful. On the Alfred, it, it comes in 4K in the Alfred Hitchcock Classics Collection uh, that just came out on 4K, which actually has Rear Window, Vertigo, Psycho, and The Birds. Um, it looked phenomenal in 4K. It still looked like an old-timey movie, and still, but it looked like it was a, a, a hybrid of a film that had been filmed in 1960, but also looked nearly, really uh, nearly as nearly as pitch perfect as a movie filmed in 2021. Like it's just very That's much cool. a yeah uh, really nice resolution. Um, everything was. Crystal clear, and um, but it still had that old timey aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I guess we'll move on to our next question. Which do you know what it is? I do. All right, which Midway, what is our next question?
1: Favorite
2: kill or death?
0: Favorite kill or death? And uh, we'll go to Miss Latrice again for this one
2: that's easy. My favorite death is actually, of course, Marion Crane.
0: Marion Crane, mm-hmm. the shower scene. Tell
2: us why. Yes. Yes, I mean, I mean, she's the first kill, and uh, yeah. she's one of the only kills, I think, but... Uh,
0: but one of the, um, two, yeah. The,
2: the way that they showed it was so good. The way that they started, I should say
0: definitely Uh, because we
2: really didn't really didn't get to see any anything we just heard her screaming and saw the hand movement but that was all we needed Mm -hmm. that was all we needed We, we didn't need to see any of the blood we didn't need to see any of the actual stabbing we pretty much knew what was going on
1: yeah
0: yeah It's interesting because, uh, you know, we watched the... Apparently, the uncut version was uh, Alfred Hitchcock's original cut of the film. And when the film premiered in 1960, it was actually released uncut. Um, But apparently after that, um, censors had stepped in and they cut out some of the blood and violence. And every theatrical re-release and every video release of Psycho until this 4K release has been an edited version of Psycho Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's interesting that uh, you mentioned, you know, we don't really see anything in the shower scene. In the uncut version, we do uh, see the knife slash across her abdomen at one point. Yeah. Um, and, of oh, course, really? the, yeah, yeah. Uh, they added that. That's added back in. We see that slash across the abdomen. We see, you know, of course, the blood running in the water in the shower. Yeah. And then... Later, when uh, Norman Bates is cleaning up, after he drags her body onto the shower curtain, there's several shots of him staring at his bloodied hands, his hands covered in blood from handling her corpse, Yeah, um, and him going to the sink to rinse his hands off.
1: And clean all the blood
0: uh, and, off. Yeah, of the and, and uh, yeah. And, we, and the I'm not sure exactly, you know, every little minute detail of the difference between the edited version and the uncut. But I do know the yeah. the shot of the bloody hands and the the added a little bit added violence in the murder scene. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I think we can all agree, though, that that's the. The ultimate kill of the movie. I mean, movie. this ultimate. I mean, you know the the other kill. There's the one other one of the private investigator, and I will say that you know the first slash that mother or Norman as mother, mother. Um, when he she slashes norman's or sorry the private investigator's face that shot of him starting to fall backwards down the stairs with the blood on his face is pretty iconic yeah like almost yeah. as iconic yeah, as the is. shower like yeah. it's just a really good shot um especially in 4k
1: and the way that they did it with him falling backwards down the stairs was great you don't, like, yeah, actually see him, like... I think like,
2: it was from the point of view of Norman, wasn't it? Yeah,
0: yes, yeah. it was. Yeah. And so it's, like, that first slash, big slash, and then he tumbles down the stairs, and then Norman, as, as mother, follows him, and then we get several shots of the knife being raised and slammed down into his body, with the knife becoming yeah. increasingly bloody along the way.
1: Which, I was thinking about this, like, when he first kills uh Marion he's in the shadows so like I could see when this movie first came out that when no one knew what actually the twist was I see I assume like everybody knows what the twist is now um, nowadays but he was in the shadows so you're like who is that is that the, is that the mom right yeah right. like the suspense of like you could barely see half of his face in the shadows and yeah it was neat
0: yeah. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, they definitely drag out that tension throughout the film definitely. of like, it, is Norman's mother really in the house? And what would you say, Latrice? Yeah,
2: that was smart of them to do.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it definitely builds that classic suspense that Hitchcock is known for. Mm hmm of just like you know and then you find out oh his mother's been dead for 10 years says the local town sheriff
3: what
0: you know and then <laughs> i can only imagine what audiences thought uh first time <laughs> this was one of those movies you know i didn't see it until i had already known the twist just because the twist is so widely known now
1: kind of like *Soilent greens
0: yeah kind of like *Soilent green you know you're like you know what the the spoiler is, but it's still a decent movie and yeah. it holds up. Yeah, for sure. All right. Exactly. Oh, what, What's our next
1: Our next
0: question, question is... Okay, so there wasn't a ton of this in the movie, but uh, most creative use of practical or makeup effects in the film? Miss Latrice, what would you say?
2: My my favorite thing about um, the older movies Uh, and and when I say older movies I am um, including Psycho and others
0: Right.
2: Uh, basically though 80s 70s and 80s -hmm. what I love about it is they didn't need CGI at all they did such a good job in making us believe you know, that these things were happening without the CGI. Agreed. All they, all they had to do was get that makeup done. You know, make sure the makeup was perfect.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. The
2: makeup was perfect.
0: And it was in this film because it all holds up in 4K for sure. And, and, and one of my favorite uh, non-CGI parts
2: in the cycle, the makeup and everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Is when uh, uh uh her sister Lillian Crane. I think it is it is. It's Lillian. Lillian Crane
0: yeah. Or Lillian.
2: Yeah. Uh, she finally, quote unquote, meets mother.
0: Yes. Right. Oh yes. In and the, in the cellar.
2: She, she turns her chair around, and here's this skeleton looking right back at her.
1: No eyeballs. Yeah. That's a good one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'd have to agree. the The rotted corpse, the decade-long rotted corpse that had been somewhat preserved over the years by Norman of of mother, is definitely the most like shocking and probably the most ghastly.
2: I would have loved to have seen that at the movie theaters back at that day. Yeah. It would have scared the pants off of you.
0: hmm <laughs> It was definitely the most ghastly moment of the film. Yep. Just this rotting, decaying vestige of a human being.
1: Of mother. Yeah. You know what's interesting, like. too, is when he's taking her down the stairs, mother down the stairs to put her in the cellar, you see the legs dangling and the legs have meat on them. Like... Like, she would be an alive person. Well, in her... So, I guess it's, like, in his mind or in his point of view when he's taking her down.
0: Well... And I think part of it, too, is, you know, they had confirmed at the end that he had done his best to preserve her corpse, and even her head yeah. had had flesh on it, albeit rotted, but flesh still on her skull ten years later because he had attempted to preserve her as best as he could.
1: Yeah, it was, like, meaty.
0: Although it's those, like, sunken eye sockets that really get you, I think. That's the most horrific image of the movie, I yeah. think.
2: Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. Um,
1: I like... I really enjoyed the, um sinking of the cars in the swamps.
0: Oh, like, yeah, that was a cool, practical stunt. Good. Yeah, the little kind of a mixture of a stunt and a, a special effect almost. Yeah,
1: and then, like, the sound design on that where it makes, like, the bubbling sounds when yes. it's going into the swamp. It's great.
0: Yeah, the, those final those sounds. Bloop, 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 bloop. Those final sounds are really <laughs> well. Actually, all the sound design in this movie is really on point. Um, yep. And as someone like myself who... Uh, Used to do sound design and music editing and audio engineering and everything. Um, I very much appreciated the attention to detail in regards to all those types of things.
1: How many cars are in that swamp? Like, how many cars? Well, there's
0: probably put? at least four because oh. at the end they talk yeah, really about two other missing people. So there's probably at least four. Oh, Norman. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's like I said. It's the corpse. It's the the rotting, mummified corpse of mother um, that takes the cake for me. I agree with Latrice on that for sure. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's it's definitely the most, you know, the, I think the best adjective for it is ghastly.
3: Ghastly. Like, it's just
0: very, yeah, right. like, And I imagine people in 1960 probably described it that way because up until that point, I don't think uh, outside of movies like the Universal Monster movies, I don't think people had seen stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's something I was thinking of, too, when watching this in 2021 um, with all the things that I've seen and all the things that have come out Mm -hmm. since then, like... I had to put myself in the shoes of somebody who hadn't seen all the stuff that I'd seen. Like, you know, now we have, you know, the Human Centipede Trilogy and the Vomit Gore Trilogy and a Serbian film and all these, like, extreme, like, grotesque, like, you know, vile horror movies. Um, But back then, you know, people didn't have the benefit of having that. Uh, shock value numb them <laughs> yeah and so I, you know and so like it's almost like I had to put myself in in the uh, watch the movie through the eyes of a child almost and by that I mean like watch it through the eyes of yeah fresh eyes yeah like as if I hadn't seen all those movies I just listed you know it was almost like I had to appreciate it from the perspective of what an audience then would have thought of it
1: exactly right
0: yeah. I mean, is that kind of when you were re watching it this week, Miss Latrice? Is that kind of uh, how you approached it? or? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Because, well, um, I had, um, of course, I had really previously seen it.
0: Well, and sure. I had
2: it for myself. Yeah. Uh, but, but, yeah, you know what? I, I watched it uh, as if I didn't watch it back then because i knew i was coming on here so i was like well i want to watch it just completely with fresh eyes
3: mm-hmm. yeah
2: and so and so and that's exactly what i did i you know tuned out you know what i did the last time and yeah. I just
3: you
2: know saw it uh like from 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 the beginning i, I watched it like it had to be like six or seven times uh, this week. Yeah,
0: so. <laughs> that's awesome. I love the amount of preparation you do. It's really great. Uh, I do tell right. oh, you.
1: Yeah.
0: I think we will move on to our next question.
1: Also, I'm going to tell any of the listeners if you hear stuff in the background, we have a puppy that is. Massacring his um, Toy, toy yeah, That he it's got our, for Christmas
0: it's our dog Hardy um, He's having a good old time right now he's, yeah. our, he's our son So You may hear him from time to time Alright so uh, The next question is Is one I, I, I love um, Because it can really be anything um, But uh, And we'll start with Miss Latrice again um, The question is Favorite moment With favorite character
2: now that was hard. That was a hard one for me because remember, I got so really upfront. I don't really love, like Psycho, but I do really like uh, Marianne's sister, mm. uh, Lily. I, Lily, I really yeah. Loved her character only because she was she loved her sister, mm-hmm. and she yes. wanted to find her sister at any cost. And and like she said, she said, you know, I, I know, know this is none of my business, but I want her to tell me it's none of my business, you know. Yep. Right. And I really respected
0: that. Yeah, she's really fervent in her pursuit for the livelihood of her sister.
2: Mm-hmm. Also, and she loved her. No yeah. No matter what.
1: Also, she's a very strong woman for those time periods, too. Like, I don't care what you say, I'm going to do this anyway.
2: (laughs) Yep, very defiant, but in a good way. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: I was actually...
2: Because she wanted to find her sister.
0: I was actually really pleased with the way that Alfred Hitchcock treated the women in in this film. Um, It was definitely not reflective of the general sentiment of the time. Uh, because the women in this film were generally respected and considered as equals. And I know, you know, history tells us that that wasn't really the case in the late 50s or very early 60s. So I like that Alfred yeah. Kitchcock took a progressive view of it. You know, the worst thing they said about women was, you know, when the the car dealer said something like, you know, you seem to have made up your mind. And, you know, he said something along the lines of no one can stop a woman once she's made up her mind. <laughs> you know, like that was like oh, that. That's the truth. Yeah, that's the truth. exactly. <laughs> and it, it wasn't so much a slight as just like that. But that was like the most negative thing that was said about women like the women were welcome in the conversations with the men no one was asking where's your husband or you know like <laughs> oh, yeah. like there was none of that in this movie it was i think of you know kind of like uh george romero's night of living dead having a a black man be the main character this movie was oh, yeah. what 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 night of living dead for did for having a black man as the main character for its time period is what Alfred Hitchcock did for women with Psycho. What's that? It
2: broke barriers.
0: Yeah, and I think this movie breaks some barriers too with the, you know, the way that essentially treating the women characters as equals to the men.
1: What
2: was your favorite moment with Lillian?
0: Oh, yeah, what's your favorite moment with her?
2: Oh, oh. Definitely, when she uh, when she told Sam, she said, "I know this is none of my business, but I want her to tell me it's none of my business." hmm That was my ex- that was actually oh, yeah. my favorite quote.
1: from her. I love it.
0: And what would what that would you say?
2: Because they told that she loved her sister and she respected her sister. If her sister told her to butt out, she was going to butt out. But she wasn't her sister to tell
0: her. First. Right. That's a good sister. That's true. <laughs> so, what would you say, a Midway?
1: Uh, my favorite character, um, since I love old old movies, I love the way that they used to talk in the old movies, like yeah. the, you know, the old gangster oh, yeah. movies, and like
0: yeah, see
1: yeah, see, we're gonna go investigate. So my favorite person was the PI investigator. I just love him
0: he was pretty uh, stereotypical yeah. or cliche
1: are you sure that's all the story <laughs> there's nothing else that you're hiding from
0: us now just a moment ago you said this now you're saying this hmm Hmm.
3: <laughs>
0: and actually I think part of that was in our imagination because we were creating corny lines for we him were. to say during the pauses <laughs> 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 You're like I'm going to call him on this phone see I'll tell him what's the what <laughs> yeah, like you know, like he didn't say it but like there was long enough pauses mm-hmm. in this movie to where this movie could be like Mystery Science Theater three thousand, you know? That's and yes I just use that as a verb. <laughs>
1: That's that's kind of how it is when Nathan and I watch movies alone. Yeah, that's we we ad lib a lot.
0: Ad lib some banter, especially in a movie like this hey, where there's there the pauses. Nothing
1: wrong with that,
3: y'all. yeah.
0: <laughs> so wrong with
1: that.
3: so
0: I think a lot of that was actually in our imagination, but but, but the PI was you know. I like it, it
1: when he was uh, interrogating uh, Norman. Norman. Norman, yes. Yeah, one thing I love about you seem
0: nervous. You
1: seem nervous. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I also love about Norman is when he is starting to switch over to to mother or to get upset the it's very subtle but the bottom his bottom lip quivers just a little bit like mm. good job to that actor almost
0: like he's anthony perkins is trying to restrain the transition mhm which they discuss at length oh. at the end
1: yeah i was like but his bottom lip's twitching just a tiny bit yeah. Every time that he's starting to get a little upset, like, he twitches just a little.
0: Yeah, he did a really good job with the kind of double role that he played. Your turn. Um, I have several. Um, I Well, I'll say the one with Janet Leigh first, the uh, Marion Crane. Um, I love the sequence... After she's left the car dealer and switched cars and everything and she's driving at night and we're hearing all the audio of the people talking back home like later on like the next day or something of like where is she and let me know as soon as she gets here and all this other like yeah. audio playing in the in the background and it's not so much that she's hearing it, you know she's not hearing it cuz it's happening off screen at a different place and time but the uh, emoting the emoting she does with her face in just the dread and uncertainty and fear that she exudes through her micro expressions on her face while driving at night brilliant acting incredible scene Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like she's using micro-expressions to react to the, the audio we're hearing, but even though we know that she's not actually hearing it, it's almost like the, what we're hearing could be like what she's imagining is going to happen. I think that is what it
2: is. I think yeah. it's, you yeah, know that's how, what I was thinking. I was yeah. thinking yeah. it was part of her imagination. I
0: mean, it could go either way. It could be her imagination, or it could be just informing the audience, but either way, like her... Her emoting in that scene with just her face, yeah, was was pretty incredible. Yeah, um, now she's, you know, probably my second favorite character. my my favorite character, of course, is Norma Bates and his multiple personalities. Um, mm-hmm. And with him, I loved the parlor scene um, with uh, Marion Crane. Um, where he kinda goes off on her and gets a little like upset and he starts like defending himself or his mother or mm-hmm. something.
1: Well she she implies that he should put her in a home.
0: Yeah, that she, he should put her in oh, yeah. in an institution and he gets really upset and what follows is a really nice soliloquy, really yeah, well written and exactly. very well acted. Sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which makes us think Um, They don't actually say it, but I think that he's been in an institute before. Yeah. Because the way that he describes it... Because he even
0: asks, have you been to a place like that, implying mm -hmm. that he had.
1: Like, mother had probably put him there at one point. Right.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which, what we learn about his history at the end, with, you know, having kind of gone into psychosis after his dad died, and then especially so after... Um, his mother took a lover, and he went off the deep end and axed him and everything. Um, he definitely probably had been institutionalized before, which leads me to the, the ending. Uh, I love the, the last sequence with, uh, with Norman in the jail cell where mm-hmm. Mother is speaking in his head. And again, just another brilliant scene with micro-expressions and emoting mm-hmm. of the face. Like, you can see his eyes darting around as Mother talks. Um, and then as Mother delivers the final lines of the film, um, he I just of creepily... Fly. Yeah, I, everybody knows I wouldn't hurt a fly, and he just creepily and menacingly turns his eyes upwards towards the camera and has this evil grin on his face, and it's just such yeah. a perfect ending. Um, yeah, Anthony Perkins was, I mean, oh, wow, he was
2: phenomenal.
0: wow, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I just love. You know he played. I he a played. Great
3: actor.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean he played nervous, good. He played threatening, good. He played uh, a person pretending to be normal when they're not good. You know, like, funny. He just, all of that.
1: I've seen the remake.
0: Yeah, and I it's I actually saw the remake I think but before too. I
1: also have seen the TV show, The Bates Motel, the newer one.
0: Yeah, with uh, the kid from
1: now, I uh, ask you guys, Charlie and the Chocolate you Factory. Seen it. Yeah. I think that the original um, I'm sorry, tell me the actor's name again.
0: Anthony Perkins. Anthony
1: Perkins. He he's like hands down the best Norman Bates cuz all of his minor or mini expressions yeah, and the his way micro he does expressions the character is like just perfect. It's like he went and studied some somebody who's actually gone through split personality.
0: Yeah.
2: Yes. I, and I got to tell you though my personal favorite Psycho movie is Psycho 4. Have you guys seen that? I have not mm-hmm. seen
0: any of the sequels, unfortunately. But after, uh, you know, watching the uncut version for the first time tonight, I definitely am interested in seeking out the uh, the other films.
2: Yes. Yes. Now, Psycho 4 is actually a made-for-TV movie. Actually, I think it was made by USA. Hmm. I think it was done by USA. And uh, I want to say it was Anthony uh, Perkins' last role before he passed away. Mm. Oh, wow. And um, and the guy who plays... Um, oh, my goodness. What is his name? The guy who plays um, on The Haunting of Hill House uh, yeah. series, um, he plays Elliot on E.T. I- I'm forgetting his name. Oh,
0: I know who you're talking about, yeah. Yes. I can't remember he his name has, either, but yeah. I cannot
2: Wolverine. as well as, as I know his name, I cannot remember it right now. Yeah. But he plays Norman in Flashback. And wow, it is it is really good. It is like he studied Psycho.
0: Yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's definitely,
2: definitely
0: a film it's definitely a film that can be studied for sure. Um very uh, intriguing and intricate film from a performance standpoint.
2: Yes.
0: Alright, yeah, like so we will go on to our next um, question, and uh, that is favorite song or musical theme in the movie, um, and I think we'll, we'll start with the Would you Went Midway.
1: Um, so, my favorite... Is of course the opening song,
0: the opening titles, or yep. I guess Psycho theme that uh, plays throughout the film. Yep,
1: and every time that we paused it to you know have like a snack break or something, I was the one over here singing it. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, and it took me a minute to realize where have I heard this before? And the opening music of your podcast, Latrice, has some sounds just like that. Like a little bit of that sound.
0: Yeah. Some elements it does. to it. It yeah.
1: does. I was like, where have I heard this? I'm like, yep, it's, it's from your move or your podcast.
0: Yep. Yep. Yep.
2: It does have kind of that, you know, like, dun, 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 yep. dun that
0: Yeah.
1: Classic stabby sound. Dun, dun,
0: dun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I mean, like I said, it was the original slasher and I agree. The, uh, the psycho theme or whatever it's actually called uh, you know for the opening titles amazing song for the opening titles I love all the lines that come across the screen and and blur and distort the word psycho on the screen while the theme is playing and then of course we revisit that theme several times throughout the film or even elements of it here oh, and yeah. there so uh, what would you say Miss Latrice are you kind of on track with all that or
2: I, I actually uh, agree with The Witch of Midway. Yeah. <laughs> because, I, uh, I, you know, the, the song is just so iconic. It's yeah. very iconic now. And, you know, they actually put that song um, or that score in um, Halloween
0: H20. Yeah, see, I, oh. I knew I had heard it in another horror mo- or at least one other horror movie. Oh and yeah, Halloween that's that's
2: cool. Yeah, uh, when Janet Lee is talking to our daughter, Jamie Jamie Lee, uh, in the parking lot, and uh, oh yeah, because they also had the car from Psycho in there, so
3: yeah. All right,
2: we're going to have to go back and watch it now. A whole homage to Psycho. So. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's well, awesome. and I
0: love how how much Jamie Lee looks like her mother. Like they really have really? kind of the same facial I, I think structure.
2: She like her dad.
0: <laughs> I mean, we could see. I mean, one of the things that of Midway commented on was almost right away was she could see some uh, Jamie Lee's facial features in yeah. her mother.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, some of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah.
0: I'm not. I don't, I'm not sure that I remember what her dad looked like. So. Um.
2: I think her her dad was an actor as well. Uh, I think I saw him in one movie where, uh, I, I had took a college class, uh, 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 like a, uh, a movie class type thingy. Yeah. Where we would watch, you know, old movies and stuff. And I think one of his, they had one of his movies played. I forget the name of it right now though. But, and I looked at him and I was like,
0: Oh, my God, that is Jamie
2: Lee his father, isn't it? Yeah. Because
1: he looks like a... I have to look up his picture, for sure. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah, but also, like, we were talking about with, like, the car going underwater and stuff, like, the just the sound oh, effects yeah. in this movie. Perfect. Um, oh, yeah. You know, the stabbing part in the shower, the sound effects of, like...
0: Well, just stabbing. And just like the uh, uh, any great film, the sound design and the music oftentimes went in tandem.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: like that you'd have a sound effect that would accentuate a musical note or music that would serve as a sound effect. um different things like that, very interesting, the interplay there.
2: Let's
0: see. Right. Quote or dot. Ah yes. All right. Moving on. Uh, we will go to Miss Latrice for this for favorite quote or dialogue from the film.
2: Wow. Well, you guys already know know that I loved it when she said, you know, she said, "Hey, I want my sister to tell me that it's none of my business." I also like. Um, I loved it when Norman
0: told Marion. A boy's mother is his best friend. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Especially being a mother of a
2: boy yourself. Yes. Mm -hmm.
0: Being a
2: mother of a boy myself, I wholeheartedly agree.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's great. My favorite comes from that scene as well, um, because I love that parlor scene. Um, I love it when Norman says, We all go a little mad sometimes.
2: That's a classic line. Yeah, I mean. That's such a classic. They put it in screen. Uh Yeah, Yeah. I mean,
0: it's just, but it's so. They did. It's not (laughs) only a true maxim, but it's also interesting coming from his character. It's almost like his way of excusing his violent eccentricities.
2: Right big words. And it was foreshadowing for sure. Yeah, definitely. A
0: a dark omen in that moment. What would you say, Witch of Midway, what was your favorite dialogue or quote?
2: It's
1: also from the parlor scene, too, where he's talking to her. But they're talking about the taxidermy birds that he does. Yes. And how he doesn't like to do taxidermy on any other animal except for a bird. And he says one of the reasons is because birds are Frail and weak And they It's like they need to be stuffed And I think that he sees himself As those birds Like through his mother's eyes Yeah He sees himself as You know oh, A weak yeah. bird That needs to be stuffed mm. That you know mm. They're not strong enough to withhold Yeah Cause he His mom always saw him as Weak and fragile And you know Less yeah. of a man
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Which is part of what leads to psychosis, of course. Mm-hmm.
1: Which is probably why throughout the whole entire, you know, motel is pictures of birds yeah. everywhere.
0: Yeah. He really identifies the with pictures. the weak birds. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: they go into all of that, our part four, too, guys. You guys should definitely watch part four. Definitely. Yeah, they go into all of that. And Olivia
0: Hussey plays his mother. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. to check that out alright our last question is um, kind of a multifaceted question as my listeners know Um, it is what about this movie makes you drawn to it the story the overall message the actors or filmmaker or perhaps nostalgia what about this movie makes you drawn to it and we'll uh We'll start with Latrice.
2: All right. Well, I think what um, drew me to it, uh, well, it definitely grew grew on me and is growing on me because of the nostalgia. You know? Yeah. Uh, Just like the 80s movies because I love 80s movies. And it's because of this nostalgia. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: You know? And, um, let's see, see, the message isn't too bad either, you know, and the message is, you know, you never know what what somebody is going through and, you know, and you never know who is crazy.
0: Yeah. There. Right.
2: You know? Yeah. So, definitely the nostalgia and the message. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Yeah. What would you say, Witch of Midway? What's your, what uh, now that you've seen it? What, uh, with it knowing everything you knew beforehand? What?
1: Uh, I love the nostalgia of this movie. I love the time period of this, the costumes of it. Yeah. Um, can we can we bring back that perky bra, please, ladies? Cause that oh, I know that's right. that would be nice. Oh,
0: the pointy bra? The pointy
1: or? pokey bra that makes everybody look impeccable. Like, let's bring that. Madonna back. tried to
0: in the eighties. <laughs> Madonna had that you know, the metal cone. Let's bra. let's start
1: a movement. Come on. Right. There you go. <laughs> and I love that that time period. Everybody wore hats and uh, the just the dresses and. I love all of it. And the old cars in this movie were awesome, too.
0: Although, I will note, it was strange throughout the film, but I think almost every single time someone got out of or into a car, it was through the passenger side. The driver would slide over to the passenger side to get out. When, Norm- when Norman gets in Mary and Crane's car, he goes in through the passenger side and slides over. When the PI is getting out of his car every single time, he slides over to the passenger side. I'm not sure if like driver's doors just didn't work back then. or I mean, the one time that they show someone entering or exiting through the driver's door it's when Marion Crane first stops at the service station slash used dealership and other than that though every other time after that in the film all entrances and exits through cars are through the passenger side for the driver mm-hmm. it's really weird
1: also one of the things I noticed was man those trunks were big in the cars
0: oh yeah they used to have huge trunks apparently
1: oh, yeah. yeah it was like nice trunk space I know it's really mm-hmm. weird to say in a horror movie, but I'm like, nice.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's perfect for, you know, if you have to throw a body in there.
1: Yeah, exactly. And some trunks. Oh, and, oh yeah. You know. And they did, didn't they?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, they did. They should have showed that nice shot of the trunk, and then he loads not only the body, but all of her belongings and big suitcase and everything. It all fits nice yep. and neat. They should have, like, ended that scene with, like, a car dealership, like, here for all your needs, including body disposal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I you know? also, I,
1: I like the message that they kind of touch on when they're talking in the parlor also of getting yourself into your own cages, into your own predicaments. Like, oh, yeah. They were both talking about that. And at one point, it she's like, well, I need to go get myself out of, you know, the cage that I put myself yeah. in and hopefully I can get myself okay. out.
0: Yeah, it was her admitting, Marion Crane admitting that and then Norman Bates catching her in the lie of lying about who she was and where she was from that actually makes Norman realize he could kill her and probably get away with it because she was obviously on the run from something and no one would be the wiser, basically.
1: Yeah, but not getting yourself into, you know... Those situations being above reproach, as my parents always said. Mm-hmm. Yep, which means, like, if you don't start doing something like that, then you can't be blamed for it. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. That's true. Yeah. That's true. What about you, honey?
0: Well, for me, you know, I agree with all of what's been said. Um, you know, first of all, the biggest draw of this film is it's a classic horror film made by Alfred Hitchcock. Um, and so the filmmaker is definitely a draw for me. You know, having rewatched it and watching the performances more closely, I would say, you know, Janet Lee and uh, Anthony Perkins' performances in the film are a big draw. Um, and there's, like, the script, too. Like, I don't know how much of it was verbatim from the novel, um, but... You know, which is, you know, they always reference saying Psycho is based on Ed Gein or Norman Bates is based on Ed Gein. I would assume that means the novel was originally the hmm. one that based on Ed Gein. Um, this is one of the earliest earliest films to have based anything on, yeah. on Ed Gein. Um, yeah. But yeah, I love that element of it kind of dissecting the psyche of a real serial killer through the lens of a fictional one mm-hmm. um you know because this was
2: and, and i must say uh, i i don't mean to cut you off natively, no you're fine uh, but i must say that um they did a really good job in um and talking about mental illness yeah too.
0: Yeah, I really like the the closing or the second to closing scene where the psychiatrist comes in and explains everything. Mm-hmm. It's a really good you know, and he even yeah. corrects the police. They're like, Oh, he's a transvestite. He's like, No no no. Like, no, no
3: he's not that. He is.
0: This is this goes deeper than that.
3: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: This has nothing to do with deriving sexual pleasure from dressing as a woman. This is his way of keeping her alive, essentially. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which was nice for those times too, for someone to be like, "No, no, no! It has nothing yeah. to do with that." Yeah.
0: Because the psychiatrist really destigmatized everyone's perceptions about what was going on with Norman.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
2: Yeah.
0: Which is, yeah, again, really progressive. Of Hitchcock to have done that in
2: 1960
0: Hitchcock was ahead of his time Oh yeah Mm -hmm. Like yeah I mean Sociopolitically I would say He was very progressive Mm -hmm. Just based on Psycho Um, Definitely I
1: used to love to watch his old TV show too Where he would walk into his shadow
0: Yeah Alfred Hitchcock Presents
1: Yep Those were great
0: Yep I
3: know
1: that's do, weird do. for someone in like their early to mid 30s to be like I used to love that but no I honestly grew up on like old black and white movies and like yeah. the Twilight Zone and mm-hmm. Alfred Hitchcock and yeah, oh, yeah. all that
0: old black and white stuff Yep, yep. and I my parents did. sometimes
1: wonder how did I become like this horror movie spooky kid um, they raised me that way or in a roundabout way they didn't know it but they did
0: yeah. <laughs> <Right>. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, we had the advantage of being exposed to a lot of older stuff, which unfortunately the oh, yeah. the new generation oh, doesn't so have grateful. that uh, element. I mean, because when I grew up, you know, I was watching all those things too, you know, Twilight Zone and Lost mm-hmm. in Space and Alfred Hitchcock Presents and, you know, even right. stuff like Dick Van Dyke Show and I Love Lucy and Bewitched, like all these old black and oh, white yeah. shows. And, you know, and then nowadays... You know, just a few years ago, you know, and this happens all the time, but as as an example, you know, I met someone who, this was a few years ago, who was 19. So they were definitely alive when this film and artist came out and were around. But um, I was like, The Matrix. And they're like, What? And they were like, What's that? They yeah, had no Ma- idea what the Matrix, the Matrix was and they had no idea who Marilyn Manson was. Which oh, wow. Marilyn Manson has been around since the early 90s mm-hmm. and the Matrix came out in 99 when this person was definitely old enough to remember. And and so I just I don't know. I feel like with Gen Z there's a lot of uh, inexperience or lack of connection to the past. Like, a lot of them say that a movie that's two years old is considered a quote-unquote old movie. Um, Something that's two (laughs) years old, they'll be like, oh, that's an old movie. Um, Everything's just so, like, fast now and, like, you know, to the point where two years ago is old. and, And yet they have no concept of old because they weren't raised by their parents to experience... Older things.
1: No, any of you listeners that appreciate.
0: are right I'd appreciate it.
1: Any of you listeners that are in that generation, and aren't this way, like that, do like to watch the older movies. Right, spread it out. Like yes, educate and thank your you. friends and thank you, educate yeah. your friends. Be like here go watch this movie yeah i mean i assume (laughs) if
0: you if you sought out this podcast or have are listening to it you know you saw psycho and you were interested because you're interested in that film then you probably don't fall into that category i was just speaking of anyways but um but yeah it's just you know i think it's it's good to grow up having a healthy appreciation of older things and older times and um but also enjoying newer things and new times. I think you can have a healthy balance, kind of like, you know, I truly adore practical effects, but as CGI has gotten better, I actually now prefer a mixture of practical with CG effects Mm -hmm. because, you know, it was like 10 years ago, CGI blood looked awful, It It looked really tacky and bad, but I've seen some more recent movies that utilize CGI blood and it actually looks just as good as practical now. And so, like, what I enjoy is films that I've read about or seen and then read that... Or seen in special features on a film that they did a combination of practical and CG. I think when you marry the two, the line between the two becomes so blurred that you can't tell. Mm. Um, But this is more recent. Like, I would say probably in the last few years um CG has gotten good enough to where when it's combined with practical effects it can succeed really well um but obviously we all love the heyday of you know the 80s especially where practical effects were at their peak
2: oh yeah
1: and also good job of like scouting out the location for this movie because yeah. I would the I house. love, I love like, oh, yeah. old antique stuff, so I was like, can we show the house more? Can, like, I go in and just look around. I want to see well,
0: this and, house. And even just the oh, outside yeah. image of the house is so classic and uh-huh. iconic. And,
2: and the house itself is a character. Oh, yeah. We yeah. talked about this on my, on my podcast. We talked about this. The house itself
3: is a character.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, it looks like those classic... Like haunted house, uh houses, yes, you know.
2: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It looks like you, you could just go in there and just uh, every Halloween mm-hmm. and have a scary
0: good time. The yep. the inside of it somewhat reminded me of uh, the house from the original Hellraiser, huh. like with the the really ornate wooden staircase and everything, the winding staircase. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it, it, I can see that. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is one of my other favorite horror films of all time.
1: I know The House wasn't as big, but it also reminded me of um, Stephen King's Rose Red. Like, just the mm. intricate little statues and the yeah. design of the house. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would say that overall, you know, we can all agree that this film, all not, although not like all of our favorite film or whatever. It's not necessarily our favorite, but we can appreciate it for its iconic classic nature and it's yeah, inspiring of many, many other great things down the road. Um, I so. mean it,
2: heck, it to me, psycho bread, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, I mean it definitely laid the My groundwork. Mind. Yeah. So that's really cool. I've enjoyed uh discussing this one. We might have to do more classic films on this podcast for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you again, Miss Latrice, for joining us. Thank you, Latrice.
2: Listen, thank you guys for having me. I, I always told you that you could do this, Nathan.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, and I appreciate that. And
2: you have done it, and I am so proud of you. Oh.
0: this <laughs> so proud. Yeah, this has, been, this has been fun so far. This is... Uh, today it's been one week since uh, we recorded our first episode, so we'll see where it goes from here. But I've, this is our third episode to do in a week, just to kind of kick things off. Yeah. So,
1: and our Facebook page is starting to grow.
0: Yeah, um, Satana Sanctum Facebook yep. page.
2: I saw that. Yeah. So happy
0: and then of course you can find me necronathan um on twitter and instagram it's n-e-k-r-o-n-a-t-h-a-n twitter is my main uh, horror channel my main social media channel and then i also post on instagram under the same Mm -hmm. um so you can find me on there and you can look up satanist sanctum or even horror movie warriors on facebook Um, We'll definitely promote both of those. Come join
1: both of our pages.
0: Come join both the groups. Be on the podcast. It's really fun. Um, And with that, I guess we will send it into the outro. Good night, horror freaks. Good night, guys. Thank you for joining us for tonight's episode of Necro Nathan Presents Satanist Sanctum. I hope you had a horrific time. Good night and good luck.